Visiting with Ashley Cruz-Turner, history professor at McLennan Community College, uh, talking about the uh, midterm elections here, first between Bill Flores and Chet Edwards, and uh, then we'll talk about the gubernatorial race a little bit as well. And um, Ashley, you and I have talked a couple of times here on KWBU about uh, what you thought uh, this race might look like, and it's uh, playing pretty true to form like what you said. Absolutely. it. Uh, I think this this race is a, is a moment in which the the, the Speaker of the House is uh, has suddenly become a personality in the Texas 17 race. That's pretty hard to do um, when you when you nationalize a race like that. Um, it, you don't see that very often, and I it seems to me that there's a, a deep name recognition for Nancy Pelosi, even within this district, even with people who aren't cable news junkies, political junkies, and uh, so that that seems to be certainly seems to be resonating. Uh, I think this candidate uh, or the uh, the incumbent um, Congressman Edwards is uh, trying to stay with some sort of tried and true ideas. Uh, you see, I think he's also touting his constituent services. Uh, there's a commercial that talks about L3. You hear a lot of people talking about L3 bringing jobs into uh, into Central Texas. A uh, an experienced hand, somebody who is good at funneling federal funds into the district. Uh, Veterans Affairs, of course, and specifically the VA. We've seen people talk about how uh, Congressman Edwards saving the VA has impacted their lives. So he is certainly uh, he's certainly trying to emphasize his expertise, his long track record of uh, of constituent service, services. At the same time, he uh, also, I remember back in the Waco Tribune-Herald article a while back, said that he never does well against generic Republicans, and by the time November rolls around, Bill Flores will not be a generic Republican. Uh, what what have you seen that he's trying to do to uh, make Bill Flores not generic in people's minds? And do you think it's working at all? Well, I think it. I I, I agree that he needed to give uh, uh, that he made it needed to make Bill Flores come alive. Needed to give Bill Flo- flesh out Bill Flores. I think he's. I think it's been a total failure at that. I think Bill Flores is is almost as unknown as he was when he won the uh, Republican nomination. I think he's very much a generic Republican and in a national, you know, if this election has been nationalized where uh, the Gallup poll shows uh, across the country um, Republicans polling ahead of Democrats on the generic ballot in a truly unprecedented way. It's it, These these uh, figures are unlike anything that's ever been reported by the Gallup agency. So uh, the idea of giving his opponent a personality, I think he's been unsuccessful at this at, at that at this point what do you think about the the tone of the race this one seems to have you know lately we've seen some ads on both sides you know there's been words like lie misleading false uh, it's been kind of interesting the way things have turned here probably in about the last three or four weeks this thing has gotten ugly uh, there's a lot of money in the race and so you see a lot of ads but i think there is a sense there is a sense that uh so much is at stake and uh that that you do, you you know, in the old days, they used to call this political gut fighting. Um, you, you're seeing some some broad strokes here that you don't always see in a uh, in a modern political race. Talking to Ashley Cruz Turner from McClendon Community College about the midterm elections, and I've seen a couple of polls. You know, it seems like polling for a race like this one is a little little spotty, but I've seen a couple of polls that have Bill Flores with anywhere from about a seven to a, a twelve point lead. I mean. I want to put you on the spot, but do you get the sense maybe that's accurate from what you've read? 
Well, traditionally in this district, polling is few and far between, and I think fairly unreliable. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the polls over the last 20 years, I've seen a lot of, you've seen a lot of polls, and they, you know, actually you've not seen a lot of polls, but the polls that you do see uh, vary very wildly and uh, not always very accurate. You know what I what I see is the candidate, the or the incumbent, um, I, watching the incumbent rather than the polls. I I get the sense that this incumbent, that this congressman sees himself in a fight for his political life and um, he is taking this race more seriously um, than is normal uh, and at this point I would say whatever polling that uh, the incumbent is looking at it is is troubling to him. Now there's a le- just under a month, uh, actually a month from today that we're talking is, uh, or four weeks from today is when uh, election day takes place what do you think um, he needs to do, talking about Chet Edwards, what do you think he needs to do to maybe get this race back towards where he wants it in the next four weeks? Yeah, um, you know, and, and not just Election Day. We're we're on the verge of uh, early voting, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe 25% of the people, 30% of the people are going to vote in early voting. And so uh, the clock is really, the, co- the clock is ticking faster than it has uh, in other races, uh, in other in other years, so have to be very concerned. Um, you know, I think this, uh, I think uh, Congressman Edwards has made a, has made a decision to, uh, to hit very hard on TV. Uh, it seems like a full court press on, on television. Uh, again, he's, he's hoping to rely on his, on his brand. Uh, there's a Chet Edwards brand. There's those red yard signs or in, uh, all over Waco, uh, the same signs that have been out there every two years for the last how many years? Yeah. Two decades. And so uh, I think he's relying on his brand. I think he's relying on the muscle memory of uh, Central Texas voters. Um, and so he's he's just got to keep on pressing hard to the end of, end of the wire. Um, if there's anything out there, if there's anything left, if he's holding back something uh, that that he hasn't brought out on this uh, uh, on uh, on this challenger, uh, he doesn't have a lot of time left uh, to to play this card. I mean people are going to start voting um, very quickly. You know, you talk about the challenger, Bill Flores. It's his first political campaign. What, what, what sort of campaign do you think he, he's run? Is it one you've been impressed by? Is there anything that's uh, stuck out at you, struck you as interesting? Well, certainly he has been, uh, he, he's been quick to counter the, uh, the, the ads from Congressman Edwards. Uh, so his response time, you, you have to be impressed with that. Uh, he's on the airwaves. He seems to be matching, although... I keep looking at the money uh, on reserve, and uh, and and evidently, the money is um, still to the advantage of the incumbent. But uh, the the Flores campaign seems, uh, like I said, quick response time, very adept at responding uh, to to these ads. And uh, you know, the this this Flores campaign it has had an advantage just in that it's a very good year. If we if we look at these national polls. Yeah. It's just an incredibly good year uh, to run as a Republican against the president, against the speaker, added to the fact that this is a Democratic Party candidate incumbent, 20-year incumbent, but um, running in a district that has traditionally over time voted overwhelmingly Republican. Um, so this, uh, this challenger has a lot of advantages, and it seems to me that he's, uh, uh, you know, he's he he has made good use of those advantages. He's got a strong wind at his back, and he's making use of uh, of those resources. 
would this maybe be close to a record amount of money we've seen spent here when you think about between Chet, who's got a big war chest, Bill Flores, who's independently wealthy and spent a lot of his own money, and it seems like there's been a lot of outside groups uh, spending a lot of money on ads here as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should check this figure, but I had I had been told that there'd be two and a half million dollars in reserve for Chet, um, and I don't, and and that's a huge amount of money, and I don't know how much Flores has spent, but my my sense is that um, you know this probably will set a record for how much money has been sent spent in this district. Um, the only probably the only thing that came comes close was probably 2004. That was a huge yeah. that was a huge race, and there was a lot of money coming in for. Um, Arlene Wolgamoth back then, but um, my guess is, my, my sense is that that this will be the uh, this will be the this will set the record for for um, money spent in this district. And again, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but I think it just shows how high the stakes are for for both parties in holding on this seat. When you see so much interest, and again, so much, I mean, they put their money where their mouths are, I guess, in these races, and they both want this one pretty bad. Yeah, both sides are sticking in, and that's another reason I don't. You know, I heard somebody talk about uh, a poll polling that showed maybe that uh, um, that Flores was 20 points ahead. I, I think that's preposterous. Um, I think this is a very close race, and that's why both camps are uh, are in. They're invested, and I think they're going to be uh, slugging it out until election day. So I think this is a very, a very close race. I expect this on election night. This to be a very close race. Um, this I don't think this is not going to be a blowout on either side, uh, it seems to me. So uh, so for people who enjoy political theater, sit back and enjoy the show, and if you hate campaign ads, <laughs> turn off the TV, I guess, for a little bit? Yeah, it, nationally, this is this could be a year unlike any other year. I mean, really a watershed moment in American politics. And in this, in this, in this district, you know, it seems like we've been preparing for a decade for this kind of showdown. We didn't know when it was g- going to come, and we didn't know who the challenger would be. But this is... Uh, it, this is that finally that heavyweight uh, super fight um, showdown that people have been talking about now for several election cycles that hadn't quite materialized. It looks like it's going to materialize this this cycle. Well, let's look at the uh, gubernatorial race now. Um, you know, you've seen some articles saying that you know Democrats don't necessarily expect to win Texas, but they're starting to look at uh, Bill White as someone who maybe might be able to pull off the upset on, on election day. What, what, what's your sense of where this race is from, you know, your reading and watching? Well, I, I do get a sense that national Democrats are hopeful on this race. Of course, they've been hopeful on this race for, for months, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe over a year. Um, when I was traveling around the country, very often when politics would come up, and this is at the beginning of the year, even last year, people would say, what about this Texas race? You know, does Bill mm-hmm. White have a chance against Rick Perry? Um, I think the reason Kay Bailey Hutchinson was in the race is there was this idea that uh, that Rick Perry was vulnerable and specific, vulnerable in general, but specifically vulnerable to a Bill White uh, candidacy. Uh, the polling seems to be all over the place, but it mm-hmm. seems to me that uh, that that Rick Perry feels pretty comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. If he was, I think if he, if he was feeling more vulnerable, I think there, there would be more talk about the debate. I think uh, uh, it just seems to me that, that, that at this point, Rick Perry's sort of in the prevent defense. He's trying to not, not to make, he feels good about the margin. Uh, he's not, he's trying not to make a big mistake. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of p- counterpunching, uh, trying to throw the ball around the around the corners of the plate, I think uh, I think they're content with trying to 
um, trying to connect Bill White to uh, Barack Obama and Washington uh, Democrats. And so I do think that that's, I think Perry, it looks to me like Perry feels pretty good about where he is from. And, and again, sometimes you just watch these candidates and, and they've, you know, they've got internal polling. Uh, so you, you get, I, I get the sense that Rick Perry is, is running pretty comfortable at this mm-hmm. point. It's interesting looking at uh, you know, some of the ads. You, you see there's been some negative ads, but it also seems like Bill White may be an example of a trend we're seeing among other Democrats in the country. Ian, he's, almost, he's running some ads that almost burnish his, if not conservative credentials, certainly his not liberal credentials as a businessman, as someone who sees the concerns of business. Absolutely. Bill White is running as a, as a fiscal conservative, again, or you businessman comes up, a real-world uh, administrator, uh, certainly trying to run against government. And, and uh, you don't hear anything about party affiliation. You certainly don't hear anything about national party affiliation. It was Bill White famously was on the other side of the state when the president of his party came in. And, of course, Rick Perry was uh, out there shoving a piece of paper in the president's hands and it turns out to be a good pretty good political uh theater in itself and so you, now uh Rick Perry is running that ad where he's he's uh uh telling Barack Obama about the immigration situation in Texas and he he feels that that plays well for him so right uh there is no advantage to Bill White for Bill White uh, to associate himself with any Democrat. And so uh, he's sort of, he, he's almost, I think, trying to position himself as as almost a nonpartisan, uh, tough, smart, uh, fiscally responsible, um, non-politician. And if he could, he'd like to portray the governor as as business as usual. Do you think that these candidates have sort of been able to run the campaigns that uh, they've wanted to? Because it seems like just, just from watching you know, maybe in some races you see signs of panic in some places, but it doesn't seem like maybe that's so much the case with, with this one. Yeah, no, that's some, maybe some personality. It's hard to imagine Bill White panicking yeah. uh, or getting excited, or, yeah. you know. Uh, but uh, that I, I do think, I mean, I think there's great disappointment in the White camp, just that there was this, there was this long expectation. They were, they were optimistic, you know, in the... Off in the distance, they thought Rick Perry was vulnerable. And, and again, just like Bill Flores couldn't, you know, he had good luck. And then he's running in what seems to be such a favorable cycle. Bill White seems to be, you know, aside from sort of the enthusiasm gap, uh, Bill White seems to be a very good candidate running, sort of unfortunately, running in a cycle that's not very favorable to his candidacy. Mm-hmm.